Take it. Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Ryan Goodman Tangway Along for the Ride podcast as we talk about the NBA here on CLNS. First, we're going to let you know that this is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores. You get the fights, even next season NFL futures already. Bet Online has continued to be your source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and, of course, your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started, so head to the website today or sign up with your mobile device. Uh, Use the promo code CLNS50. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, let's get to the Celtics game last night, which I'm just, as a Celtics fan, I'm heartbroken. I mean, this this series could be over for Boston, Bob. I mean, it could be over. They had a chance to come back earlier, I believe, game three. And when they rallied and they fell short, last night they're up 14 points, uh, 12 points, excuse me. They're up 14 points, two minutes to go in the fourth. And they blew the game. I mean, they just blew the game. Did they blow the series? Well, we don't know about that, whether they blew the series. The odds are that they did. They're down three to two. They're going back to uh, the other guy's gym. Uh, okay, we know that, and, and history doesn't favor them. Although, and let me just cite, in 88, they lost game five at home to Atlanta. Went down to Atlanta. DJ had a monster game. They won game six, and game seven was the famous Larry Dominic shootout. No, you know, I'm just saying. It, it, there's history. However, that, that was a better – hey, they had Larry Bird. That they had Larry good. Bird, and that was a better and, – and that was a very good Hawks team. But anyway, anyway, here's what bothers me. Four things, four plays. Two – unforgivable sloppy no mindless turnover passes that led to baskets and led to points during the course of the comeback and b the two putbacks the one Giannis got with four celtics around him all right that's Giannis, but there were four guys around him and then of course the egregious putback uh, of allowing a rebound of a missed free throw by bobby portis maybe any one of those you subtract baskets and they win the game they find a way to win the game um and now you knew that sooner or later you didn't knew you felt and you, common sense told you that sooner or later that uh, Milwaukee might hit a few threes. You know they're they're better than they had been showing. So that that doesn't bother me that they hit those threes. But those those were self inflicted wounds. This was a giveaway. Now this I'll shut up in a second. This is what sports. Why being a sports fan is is unlike being an art fan or a, or a literary fan or, a, or any other kid. There's nothing like it. Okay. We are one game removed from a game, a victory, a triumph on the road that we were proclaiming that if and when they were to win the world's the championship this year, that's the game we'd look back on to tell what they were all about, right? right. We two days later, we are now discussing in the morning after, like the morning after, like you know, uh, Marie McGovern morning after. It's got to be a morning after. This is the morning after a game that if in fact they go on to lose this series, we will cite as the day that the, 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 it all fell apart. This is the trend. This is sports, folks. Yeah. All right, so, but we're all, destroyed. that that game was totally theirs, totally winnable, totally in their grasp. And and um, 
yeah, you salute Milwaukee and their gumption and all that, but that was a giveaway. Yeah. I mean, things, things can change so quickly, as you said. And you know, the, I guess the most frustrating part for me, like the Bobby Portis play, you know, listen, he, he got the offensive rebound because smart collided with Jalen Brown. It wasn't a lack of effort. It was a little bit of luck involved in that one. Um, Giannis hitting the three. There was nobody within 10 feet of him. You, all the three of us can make that three. Um, to me, it was the end of the game. I really felt like the Celtics had the ball. Jason Tatum had to go get that basketball. And, and I heard Marcus Smart say it after the game that, you know, that was kind of everybody was standing around. So that's why he took it to the basket. That's why he got the ball in the first place. He wasn't supposed to get it. It was designed for Tatum, who's standing on the other side. Mm. He, he's got to go get it. He's got to go get it and demand the ball and say, you know what? We're going to win this or lose this with me. I'm the best player. And the other thing with Tatum is early in the year, you would say, okay, he'd get the ball and he'd jack up a three no matter what. Now he's proven, even with, with short time left, he could get the ball and he could find somebody for an easy basket if they doubled. Yeah, yeah. So I think you had to get Tatum the ball there, and and I put it on him as much as I put it on Smart or Ime or anybody else. He's got to demand it in that situation. And let's just I'm flashing across my mind. You're 100 percent correct. But we we do want to be fair. Great defensive play by Drew. Oh, great play oh. as a helper. I mean that was that was great. Um, that he is a tough guy. He's yeah. tough, tough. You know, he reminds me. He's the key to me. He's what changed Milwaukee from just a, a, an ordinary playoff contender to making them a championship team. Without Drew Holiday, they don't have a, a title and they're not in the hunt for another one. Again, I know everybody said, I tweeted it last night. I said, that that's the biggest difference in this team. Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday. And everybody's like, duh, of course. Yeah, but I don't think enough people understand the difference between Bledsoe and Holiday. Holiday brings every intangible, highest of high IQ, great defender, high care, like all of it. Like Drew Holiday just fits what John Horse was trying to do with the Milwaukee Bucks. And so does Pat Connaughton. And and so do some of the other ancillary parts that they brought on to that locker room to, to kind of support Giannis. Middleton's give, like that. I mean, he's, I know Mike, he's not playing, but he's like that. Let's give Mike Budenholzer some credit too for making a decision and game the previous game. Portis watched the fourth quarter, and this game he's playing in the fourth quarter. He made his adjustment, quote unquote, and it, and it worked out to his benefit. So I'll give him credit there. Um, you know, but this is this is part of the playoffs. It's a series. Things happen. Uh, you know, it, it, but the agony and the ecstasy that each side has shared. You know, one game, the Celtics are in the ecstasy and, and, and Milwaukee's the agony. And last night it was reversed. And who knows what's in store for us in game six. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, but it, 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 it stings right now. That, that definitely stings. This was a Well, it just feels like last night was the opportunity to step on the throat. You know, yeah. and, and when you have the defending champs and you let them up from the mat, it doesn't feel good. No, this, is, <clears throat> this hurts. No, this, this, is, this is frustrating. Uh, you know, when you're feeling so good, there was such a high after, and, and there were, you know, and we, we, we see how good they can be when they play the quote right way, you know, but, but things out, you make, you make decisions in the moment that uh, as, as um, 
Jeff says, you know, that uh, they don't get the ball to the right guy at the right time. Whereas in game one against the Nets, you know, the thing worked beautifully and they all made, they all did the right thing and ended up in a victory. And Well, you know, well the frustrating point is I thought that they had reached a level of maturity where they would keep playing. Jalen Brown was awesome in the third. And then the fourth quarter, everybody said, oh, the game's over. Let's just forget about it. Didn't you it's, think when Al stuffed that rebound? Yeah, that it was, was over. That was the exclamation point. Right. You know, that, I mean, absolutely. It was, uh, up six two twelve, I think it was to go and, and the crowd going crazy. And then, you know, threes, the three, the, the three is equal, you know, is, is well, but, but also I, I understand what Jeff was saying where, you know, uh, Tatum's got to go get the ball, but also Marcus is your point guard, you know, and I thought there were two bad decisions with Marcus. I mean, one was after Tatum took one from the elbow and he bricked it, then Marcus just goes to the basket and he turns over the basketball as opposed to running an offense now, I know he had to go to the basket and you know, Holiday made a good play, but I thought it was all three of those plays. And I think that, yes, Tatum, Tatum needed to show up. There's no doubt. But Marcus also, man, this guy had proved to us that he was a point guard and that he could run the offense and settle everybody down. And prior to that Drew Holiday play, the series before, he didn't do that. I think they just thought the clock was going to run out. They thought that Milwaukee was going to run out of time. And I put that on Marcus a little bit. Well, the, the announcers caught it very well. You know, the, the announcer about the the tempo game and, and uh, Atlanta, excuse me, Milwaukee was playing up tempo all the time, and the Celtics did go into a, a we'll watch the clock mode to a degree. And, right, uh, could have been more aggressive offensively uh, as the thing turned. Uh, churn. A lot of ways to look at it, guys. It's like the Hindu man and the six people, Hindu men. Well, the I mean, I bet I think Bob, I, they blew it. I mean, yeah. to me, they they blew it because well, I, I said that at the outset. I, I or yeah, Milwaukee I mean, you, stole you, you, it. Right. I mean, to me, you'd be like Milwaukee stole that one. Of course. But they're the defending champs. Right. Right. right? If you <laughs> let the champ up off the mat, mm-hmm. you're yeah. in trouble. Now Go they're going home. I mean, it's not looking good. But the no. one thing I could say is that I thought the Celtics were done in December. You know, if so, they lose. Right. If they lose game six and this is the end of the season, if you're a Celtics fan. You have to be happy with the way this season went. I disagree. Have to. Have to. No, no, no. You have to your mind. I'm, I'm How can you not, looking at it objectively, say, oh. hey, listen, we took major strides. We thought we might have to blow this thing up three, four months ago. Now we've got something to build on. Tatum has emerged as a legitimate top five player in the NBA. Um, you know, Horford still got enough left in the tank. My big concern, I tweeted this yesterday, the greatest ability is availability, and our boy Robert Williams isn't on the court when it matters most, and, and it's over and over and over. And I know, again, people will say, well, he came back too quick, you know, great job. He came back, wanted to be on the court with a knee injury, this, that, and the other. It's just always something with Robert Williams that I just don't know if you can depend on the guy to be well, out there. Well, well, he can't be out there now. Like, what good is this? He would be a, a game changer, what he well, can bring to the table. You can't, you can't depend on him. But I do think that this is the one the Celtics let slip away if they don't come back because the feeling was if they win this one, they're going to the finals. But how is this not oh, – oh, oh, how do you oh. not look at it positively? Like, if you're a Celtics fan, I can't understand how you could be, like, like pissed. I, I understand you could be upset because you had this series – but looking at it objectively in, in its totality this year, how can you not be excited about, hey, we're in it now. We didn't know if we'd be in it. 
we got a chance now looking forward. We add another piece and maybe we are a, a championship contender because the league has changed too. Let's <clears> face it. There's no dominant, dominant team anymore. If you've got good chemistry, you stay healthy and you add another piece, the Celtics can be right there again. Better. Bob, Bob, Bob had a 20-second timeout. Yeah, I got that. Um, uh, I did, would not have made the automatic assumption, Gary, that if, if they won this series that they were going to the finals because I assume it's going to be Miami the next step up. And I have thorough, thorough respect for Miami, and I would not even have picked them to beat Miami. I would have considered it to be an upset. So that's why I'm not like – I agree with Jeff that I, I don't expect – a majority of Celtic fans to be happy about or, or be pleased with the season because people, I, you know, but I'm, I am. And I look at it this way too, who you lose to. I'm not, there's no shame in losing to the Bucks. There's no shame in losing to Giannis uh, uh, Quambo, who had a routine 40. That's how good he is. Well, I mean, you guys, I got to listen. I'm sorry. I, I'm not, I, there's no I, shame. And it would have been any shame in listening, losing to Miami. I would have been upset losing to Philly. But if that would have happened, that's the way I look at it. Well, this so is I'm, the way. I'm, okay, I'm okay. That's, that's fine. And, 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 you know, I'm sitting here and I'm saying, okay, they underachieved at the beginning of the, They underachieved last year. They got through the Kyrie mess. They underachieved this year. We were talking about firing the coach in December. They finally started to do their job and earn their paychecks. Okay. And all they have to do is play hard for another quarter. That's all they had to do was play hard for another quarter. I mean, it dry. I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just being a little too impatient, but it drives me crazy. I thought that they had matured to the point where they knew what they had to do. And obviously they haven't. That's what gets me. Not, you know, they're, they're not robots. Uh, we're going to talk about the other game that played last night as an example of, of, of you know, whoa, you know, I mean, it, this is sports. I'm sorry. It's not that simple. They're, they have, they're human beings. They have to, it, it, they're flawed. You know, they're not perfect. Nobody. I mean, that's all. I, you can't look at it that way and, and, and make it and say, that's the way it, you know, it's gotta be the total thing. And once again, I want to restate, uh, there's no shame in losing to the Milwaukee Bucks. No, I mean, they've got that, that, that championship DNA, <clears throat> you know, again, that's the one thing you still worry about with the Celtics team at the end of the game, right? Like you can do it you know, in, in the regular season over and over and over, you can do it against a Nets team that did have KD and Kyrie, but they were so flawed, especially in the defensive end. It was so easy to, to get points. But now when Milwaukee locks down and, you know, I thought taking Grayson Allen off the court was huge because the Celtics were going at him right. at every turn. They yeah. had to get him off the court, putting either Portis or Connaughton. And I thought Pat played great last night. Yeah. Um, they've just, they've been there. They've done it. There's something to be said about right. that. In a very, very important game, uh, really, a, a, you know, series-defining, maybe um, championship-defining game last night that, that again, I don't, I don't want to say the Celtics got tight, but there were some plays there where certainly, like, they didn't make the right decisions, right? Jalen Brown threw the ball away right. on that one play. As good as he was in the third quarter, and he is, that can be the – and not only was Jalen Brown – Brown good for three quarters shooting the ball, especially in the third quarter. He was really good with his decision-making and his passing ability. Really, really, really good. And he's come so far in that regard. But then he makes that poor decision. And that, to me, is Jalen Brown kind of in a nutshell a little bit. Like, he can be great at times, and then he he can just look at him and be like, what are you thinking? Um, But those are the plays Milwaukee didn't really make down the stretch. They made the right decisions. 
Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on to the um. Let's move on to you wanted to talk about Golden State, Bob. Well, I mean, I've watched a lot of NBA basketball in the last. Yes, you have. So they're up three two right now. I I don't. I know. I have never been in a gymnasium or in front of a television set where where a team was down fifty five, particularly particularly a team uh, as as worthy as the Golden State Warriors. Uh, That that is a shell shocking score to me at the in the context of of given the fact that they didn't have that Memphis is playing without Morant. Now, I know they had a good regular season record with Morant, but but in this that's a, this, this is a whole different animal now in the playoffs. <clears throat> that's one of the most shocking scores in the history of the NBA, in my opinion. Um, that yeah. one thirty four ninety five in that in that in the closeout game for the Warriors, the Warriors, who I think I thought had come together, you know, and, were, and presented themselves as a, a major threat, a very easy pick. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not saying they won't rebound, and they probably it would. I love to hear those discussions today, but. <clears throat> that's an astonishing score guys 134 95 they were down 55 50 bleeping five without so, jaw like, but it, give memphis a ton of credit bob because yeah. you know yeah. i'm not saying like i hate the phrase well they could have folded nobody's gonna fold like nobody nobody's saying we don't have john Morant. we're not gonna show up it's the dumbest thing ever to say but give them credit for again not only fighting with golden state but dominating them without arguably i don't know whatever he's one of the best players in the game right now um dylan brooks coming off an atrocious game not yeah. bad atrocious uh, but they've got that type we've talked about that this year with that group is they're kind of lunch pail guys nobody's given most of those guys a chance and they just they do fight you and they play tough and they're not going to give a shit that they don't have jaw they're just going to try to figure out a way. And, and, and that's become a, a really great home court. Yes. In Memphis too. It's become one of the better ones in the league right now. Crowd is really, 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 really into it there. To, you know, they've never had it. Yeah, this is a great experience. They've never tasted the wine, you know, so in, in basketball. <clears throat> so it's really nice for them. And, uh, but well, that, that, I don't know what, what, so what do you make of it though? All right. The, the fact that Golden State collapsed so in t- completely in, in a game of uh, uh, a closeout game. I don't know what to make of it. I, yeah, I'm shocked. I mean, the I'm shocked you, is, you go to the human thing again, I guess. Yeah. yeah right. I was saying, yeah. So I'm anxious to, obviously, in both cases, our game and their game, we are anxious to see the bounce back. <laughs> now, of course, they still have the advantage. Right. I mean, right. they still have. Right. Of course. No. And, and that's the thing with, you know, is anybody going to remember this game in a year, five years, whatever? Did yeah. it matter? <clears throat> the only way it matters is if they, they end up probably. Yeah winning the series or at least taking it to seven. And then you've got, you know, this, yeah. this kind of nail biting game seven that, cause right now let's face it, that game, all it did was prolong the series in most people's opinions. Yeah. Golden state will end up kind of, you know, uh, putting on them in, in game six and closing it out. But you know, maybe not, maybe not. You never know. No. Well, I love the reaction, you know, that the golden state guys led by green were kind of, you know, Playing to the crowd at the end, yeah. What are we going to do? You kicked our ass, and and Green, you know, basically said, you yeah, you got to show some class, and and yeah. and, you know, and so many words. Give them credit, right? Uh, Give them credit. They beat your ass. Yeah. So there's that. Anyway, that was so. Commend. You're right. Let's commend Memphis. There's a there's a lot to like about there's some, and I, I there's something about them. There's a there's a should I say quas spunk, and uh, you know maybe it's a uh, the coaches, you know, because. 
people are starting to catch on to the fact that Taylor Jenkins is, is a pretty good coach. Uh, I, I like, I, listen, Tyus Jones going in there for John Morant. Is there a better backup point guard in, in the NBA? 21 points, nine assists, zero turnovers, Bob. Zero turnovers. That's Tyus crazy. Jones is like the perfect backup point guard because he can make shots. He runs the team. Yeah, he makes man. good decisions. Like, he was terrific. Last well, that's what Cameron Payne did that a little bit last year yeah, yeah. when they needed it. Yep. <clears throat> and right. so this time it's, it's, it's Tyus Jones. Well, that's, well, that, that's that. So, so here we are. We got okay. It. Let's move on to the, let's move on to the MVP and yeah. uh, Jeff, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on uh, Jokic. I mean, you can't argue it. You, you, I mean, you could, if you want to go Joel Embiid, I'm not going to go after you for it by any means. I, I thought both guys were terrific and, um, you know, I, I would say this. I would say that Jokic, without without Murray this year, without Porter this year, what he did, uh, and, and he just – I mean, they're both just so good all around, <laughs> big guys. Like, it's its hard. I mean, you don't want to say anything disparaging against Embiid because he was so great, and he plays with that kind of – you know, that fire to him, and he's controlled his emotions a whole lot more this year, stayed healthy for the most part, I, I honestly, I, I think you're splitting hairs here. Yeah, I would, I, I would have voted for Embiid myself. I, I'm an Embiid guy, Bob. And then, of course, you got the other guy, the best player in the game, and into Taquambo. And there's no reason you couldn't vote for him either, except that after a while, guys get to the point where people want to share the wealth, you know, and the voters think about right. that. We went through that, and it, yep. Jordan probably should have won 10. But it's not nah, Charles had a good year. Let's give it to him. Oh, Carl had a good year. Let's give it to him. <laughs> right, right, and I think on the has reached that that status already and is uh, going for a third. All right, um, I could easily I'm with Jeff. I could easily make the devil's advocate argument for any of the three. Uh, the the negative uh, the the nitpick I might make on them beat is uh, he missed four, you know he played 68 games, and uh, you know now Bill Walton I looked it up. You know how many games he played when he won it in 50, 77, 78, 58. He missed wow. 24 games and wow. people decided he was still st- so much the guy. And of course they were 50 and 10 that year as, as defending champs when he got hurt. And then by the end, by the time they got to the playoffs, I think they were missing four starters, you know, uh, Portland, but Walton made it won it with, so was a guy has won it with 58 and, and you can make an argument there for it and be deserved to win it with 68. Here's the tiebreaker. If I'm going to go the other way though, um, and beat is a two-way player. I mean, two side, you know, he, his defense was, was his calling card before he, before he showed us he could make a three and do all these things. Whereas Jokic, nobody's, nobody's claiming he's a defensive whiz of any kind, right? No. 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 And it's, it's all about the offense for him. And it's extraordinary offense, there's no question. Whereas Embiid, it's about both. So you can make the argument, you know, a two-way player versus a, 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 a you know, a more disproportionately uh, emphasis on, on, on the offense. But what Jokic does, we've, you know, he's the best passing big man since Walton and maybe better than Walton, uh, or at least that he's at least as good. The one thing Walton did was throw outlet passes, but nobody throws outlet passes anymore. So that's, that's a, that's a, that's a hidden art, a, a dying art. Um, they're all great players. And I mean, I love watching all three of them. And uh, I just think that uh, Embiid's got to get over it. Now I disagree with Charles Barkley the other night. He was making a big point. You know, he, he was, he was blaming Embiid's performance on oh. smoking. I love oh, Chuck. I, I mean, lo- you on. know I love Chuck, That's but that not, was ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. 
Ridiculous. You know that wasn't what was going on. You know, no. the guy, the guy's dealing with a face mask. No one wants to play with a face mask, okay? No one has ever wanted to do it, whether it was Kareem. Larry had to wear one that time when he got hit by Harvey Catchings for 18, got on the cover of Sports Illustrated with uh, the face didn't mask. Didn't Wedman have one for a year? Yeah, I mean, and of course, uh, uh, our boy from UConn uh, played. Rip, you know, Rip Hamilton. Yeah, Rip played 1-1. One, one and, and, uh, but, and he got hit again. And, and I mean, he's dealing with really serious physical problems right now. And, and for you to criticize him on the basis of you think he's sulky in the middle of the game because he didn't get MVP, you know, you wonder what goes through Charles' head sometimes. We all want to like Charles, but come on, Charles. I know. You know. He, you know, he's so entertaining. He'll get a lot right. But when he's wrong, he can be way, <laughs> way wrong. Yeah. So Go big or go home, Barkley. That's right. Okay. Now – this is uh, Bob's chance to take center stage. I remember this player when I first started watching basketball. Jeff, I'm a little bit older than you. But Bob Lanier, and when I remember him, of course, the Bonnies, right? St. Bonaventure. Mm-hmm. And then with the Pistons and then under the Bucks, but was the size 22 shoe. <laughs> that was a thing with Bob Lanier. And I always look, Bob, you know, Bob Lanier and like Nate Thurman were kind of like centers that they didn't get the ring, but they were definitely great big men, you know, um, didn't get the ring like Jabbar or Parrish or, you know, certainly Alan, didn't that type. But, but I mean, Lanier was a great player. I first encountered Bob Lanier as a, when he was a sophomore at St. Bonaventure because in 1968, Boston College happened to draw St. Bonaventure in the first round NCAA tournament game. Played at Keeney Gymnasium in Rhode Island, at University of Rhode Island. I broadcast that game for the student radio station, sitting on the stage behind the basket. Wow. And they beat us. And he wasn't the reason they beat us. Bill Butler was. But uh, he played well, but he was Bob Lanier. Two years later, uh, they were 23-2 and two that year, by the way. The, two years later, they are in the Final Four. And he's by far the, the, the biggest reason. But they enter it without him. He was injured in a freak accident at the waning seconds of the regional final game against Villanova, where he were kicking Villanova's butt. Chris Ford, ironically, a future teammate, got rolled up into him and he tore his MCL. Oh. He was not available for the final four. They put up a heroic battle against Jacksonville uh, with, with nobody over six, five in the lineup. And they, they, they lost a, a competitive game, but obviously, you know, they were, had no chance. I, among many believe they could have beaten UCLA that year. Wow. That was the Steve Patterson center year, the in-between year between yep. Kareem and, and Walton that, and they were better than Jacksonville with him. Better, he's a better player than Gilmore, period. Get that in your head, folks. And anyway, so that's why I kind of – Bob Lanier, by the way, in a bountiful draft, 1970, a draft that included Pete Maravich, Rudy Tomjanovich, Dave Cowens, um, and 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 uh, oh, and in the second round, Calvin Murphy and Tiny Archibald. Wow. In the second round, okay? He was the number one pick in the draft, Bob Lanier. Now, Bob Lanier was uh, a bountiful era for centers, guys, in the 70s. Think about it. Kareem was in his prime. Cowens went up to win two rings. Nate Thurman, Willis Reed, Wes Sunsold. Uh, and then in the other league, Dan Issel, Mel Daniels, uh, Artis Gilmore. Later on, uh, Bill Walton, yeah, Moses Malone. Wow. This is the centers that played in the 70s, folks. Real old-fashioned, as Al McGuire would say, aircraft carrier centers. He was up there right with them all. He was a 20.10 guy career, okay? By the way, he was 27.15 career at uh, Bonnie's. And he was a wonderful player. Now, here's what you're right about the feet. That's what was just people think about the size 22s. Their pair of our bronzed. They're in Springfield. You go out to the Hall of Fame. You'll see the bronze 20 size 22s. And that's what so many people remember. 
here's what I remember. I've seen all the players of the last 60 years of any consequence. I've seen all the big men and fortunately all of them in person. And, and he's 6'11 and listed 270, you know, a big man. I mean, a big man, not big. And he's the most graceful big man I have ever seen. He moved with the, with, with elegance. He, 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 he was, he didn't have un, rushed movements. Here's what I always said about Bob Lanier and I'll shut up, get off the soapbox. Were I a cartoonist or if I could hire one, I could hire my old friend, Larry Johnson. Here, Larry, I want you to give me a cartoon of Bob Lanier. Here's what I want. I want him taking a hook shot. I want him in gracefully taking a hook shot. But instead of his nose, I want an elephant's trunk. And I want him dressed in a tutu. And I want it to be called the ballerina elephant. And that's a compliment. Because I've never seen a man that big carry himself with such physical elegance on the court. I mean, that's what I most remember about Bob Lanier is the way he moved at that size. It was, it, it was, it, it was no one else like him. And well, I postscript, what a wonderful man, a beloved man. You know, he was the NBA amb- global ambassador for 30 years. People in the Phoenix area will tell you tales. I, I, I did a, a, a podcast this morning with a Phoenix a guy who, Brad Cessna, who uh, talked about uh, he knew Bob, Bob and his, from his family days in Phoenix and coaching youth basketball. Uh, everybody loved Bob Lanier, the, the dauber. We all knew him in the NBA community as the dauber. One more little personal anecdote. There was a writer in Chicago, Bob Logan. He was the man on the Chicago Tribune for the great Bulls teams of the, of the 70s. And he used to get us confused. You know, Bob Logan, Bob Ryan, you know, and we, had, we used to have fun with that. But this is the days when you go out drinking with these guys, you know? Right. I had a few beer, more than a few beers with Bob Lanier. So I, I, I am very saddened. But we, the, the NBA community lost one of its all-time great people, as well as one of the great players, Hall of Fame player, Bob Lanier. Well said, Bob, and I think a fitting ending uh, to our program today. So, gentlemen, thank you very much. And hopefully we'll be talking about the Celtics next week. But <laughs> The stirring not- comeback.